Owl. Mm-hmm. It's time to talk about another owl. Ah, uh, yes, another owl. Owlception is happening here this week on the pod. Heck yes. Too many owls. Are there ever too many owls? I mean, if you were in a room with a bunch of owls, you'd probably think this is too many owls. Okay, you're probably right. So. You're probably right. Not wrong there. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Owl and Ladium. Hello. This is episode number 255. And we're going to talk about Alan Wake, who, if you do not know, is a writer. He's a writer. He's a writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, the Alan Wake remaster came out recently, about a month ago. And we uh, finally got, made our way through that. We're going to talk about the old Alan Wake. Wow, it came out October 5th. It did. No wonder I barely remember that. I was very busy at that point. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, this is a, as weird as it sounds, an 11-year-old game. That is wild to me. Doesn't seem like it should be, but that's how time works, apparently. Time is fake. Time is definitely fake. This originally came out on the Xbox 360 as an exclusive. Mm -hmm. In May of 2010 for various countries and territories and they came to PC in February of 2012 and then the remaster as you said came out on October 5th 2021 for all modern consoles except the Switch. Rip. Because they're not allowed to have the Alan Wake. Nope. Too mu- He's too much of a writer for the Switch. <laughs> so I remember playing this game way back in the day. Probably okay. around 2010. Yeah, I played it when it came out. First year it came out. I vividly remember playing this game, like, because one of my best friends was house sitting for another friend. Mm-hmm. And we just hung out there for, like, most of that weekend. And I remember us playing through, like, the, like, I think the entirety of Alan Wake that weekend. <laughs> wow. Just a weird thing just to think about. But yeah, that's how, that's my experience with Alan Wake was, like, at someone else's house just playing through it a lot. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It was a, it was sure was a time. Um do you want to know my first experience with Alan Wake? Yes. It it took me two attempts at actually playing Alan Wake because as you've probably heard before in other stories, I don't know if other folks have heard this, sometimes when I get scared, I turn <laughs> things off. That makes sense. And then if you have not really saved or anything, you just kind of have to deal with it. I think Mm -hmm. there was probably a checkpoint that I had at some point. I don't remember. But I I did not get very far when I first started playing it. I was in the tutorial part at the beginning when you get into that cabin and then everything starts like closing in on you and it gets like really creepy. And I got super, super freaked out by it, and I turned it off. <laughs> had to take a break, come back, and then play Alan Wake again. But now I knew it was coming, so I was prepared for the closing in the cabin creepiness. There you go. I was like, <laughs> There's so many times I got spooked 
replaying it even that like I was telling my brother that a poor wall ended up getting like blasted by a shotgun several times because something fell down and scared me <laughs> in the game it fell down yes yeah I think like me playing this game was interesting because like you know at the time I, I was not really into playing horror games at all mm-hmm. so like the idea of doing that was kind of out of my wheelhouse but for whatever reason, I was like, well, I want to play Alan Wake and do this and get spooked. <laughs> Very spooky. I mean, like, I played, like, Silent Hill and Resident Evil and stuff like that. But, like, really, really spooky stuff I wasn't into, which I guess this isn't really, really spooky. No. But still, it's a little spooky. A little spooky more of like a thriller than anything else yeah i think you're correct thank you i I like to be correct but it does have some like horror yeah totally elements and like definitely inspired by stephen king and um like twin peaks and stuff which i wouldn't call Mm -hmm. twin peaks horror but definitely has some twin peaks uh twilight zone references for sure. Um, I think this was like one of the first games I remember that kind of like really attempted to be like episodic in a way that most games really hadn't been, at least like a bigger game of this nature mm-hmm. and tried to be more like um, real dramatic television. Yeah. I mean, like even the whole like previously on Alan Wake mm-hmm. stuff is like intense. Yeah. And, like, nowadays, like, that's kind of become a common thing. Mm-hmm. But back then, like, I don't really think there were many games that had really done that at the time. I think there were some of, like, the, the, the early Telltale games had done a little bit of that. But they weren't as well known as they would become right? later on. And, like, really everything else that was kind of, like, bigger or at least, like, you know, like, with this game had Microsoft funding with this, so like, something of that nature really weren't experimenting with like episodic nature in the way that this game really did in 2010. Mm -hmm. So I always thought that was like a cool idea and obviously it became a much bigger idea as the years went on, but it was interesting to see that as a, as a vehicle to present how the game is kind of shown to you. Especially given that like, obviously Twin Peaks was a big, inspiration for it like it makes sense how episodic it it is but it was definitely something that was new for me Mm -hmm. i can't i can't remember like games that i played at this point if there were any games i played at this point that were like that yeah so it was like oh this is interesting which i think is kind of like one of its at least back then was one of its kind of like selling points is that like this is more of a television show than it is like a game game Mm -hmm. Which obviously, like, you know, Remedy would go on when they made Quantum Break. They really went full on into doing that where they had, like, the the duality of actual, like, FMV television show style cutscenes and then the actual gameplay as well. Mm-hmm. So definitely something they experimented with here and then kind of tried to go full on with later on, which didn't really quite work as well right? as it did here. 
But with all that being said, would you like to hear about some development of this game? Always. Let's talk about development of this game. Okay. By 2003, Oof. the Finnish studio Remedy Entertainment had critically had created the critically acclaimed Max Payne and a sequel, Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne. After shipping Max Payne 2, Remedy Entertainment spent some time recovering from the crunch. Doofa doofa. And started coming up with different concepts for a new project. Among these was the concept for Alan Wake. Early on, this was based on trying to tell a deeper narrative story than what Max Payne had been, influenced by works of Stephen King and David Lynch, in particular Twin Peaks, and approached as a television episodic format to tell the story of the action thriller. The basic elements of the narrative were set early on. Alan Wake, as a successful writer, he's a writer, he's a writer, you know, he's a writer. <laughs> finds himself in the small town of Bright Falls where, due to supernatural events, his writings have come to life to attack him. To further distance this next game from the linear style of Max Payne, Remedy planned Bright Falls as a free-roaming, sandbox-style open-world city similar to those seen in the Grand Theft Auto series. <laughs> they developed a semi-automatic system to help generate this open-world using biomes and other features based on their research on the Pacific Northwest where Bright Falls was set. For example, if this two did stuff and they could make stuff, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Remedy also wanted survival or cinematic action, so light and darkness was to play a significant factor in the game, which was first built into a dynamic day and night cycle. The game would have been more like a survival game. During daylight hours, the player would collect resources, such as gasoline, to run portable generators to run lights, and to protect and defend the player character at night. According to Remedy's creative director, Sam Lake, this approach created numerous difficulties in establishing a story and narrative for the thriller to explain how the gameplay elements tied together with the supernatural events. For example, Lake said one idea was based on the supernatural events tied to the no longer dormant volcano under Cauldron Lake, which would have led to the evacuation of Bright Falls and left Alan dealing only with the supernatural forces. Man, I just want to say I'm glad that they didn't go that route. Yeah. <laughs> Woof! The game still designed around this open-world approach was announced at E3 2005 in June for the next generation of consoles and PC, which would have been the 360, PS3, yada, 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 mm -hmm. and was shown to the press behind closed doors in the form of a tech demo. Remedy also used this demo to gain publisher interest. By 2006, Remedy announced that they had partnered with Microsoft Game Studios to publish the game exclusively for Microsoft's Xbox 360 console and then current Windows Vista PC operating systems. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Remedy still continued to struggle with merging the open-world survival gameplay and story, now further complicated with Microsoft's involvement and suggestions for improvement, which Lake compared to a too-many-cook situation. They were now missing various publisher milestones as they tried various changes to the open-world format with no clear resolution. Roughly three years into development, the team recognized they needed to stop and refocus on what the core elements of the gameplay was to be. According to Lake, Remedy took the leads from each development or each department to form a sauna group, making them work in a room together to lock down the gameplay that Alan Wake should have without losing much of the work they had already done, with all the heat and pressure on us. This took about two months, but from it came the revised gameplay loop, which they were able to reapply to the existing open world setting they had, breaking apart into linear chapter sized levels for the final game and adding some additional assets as needed. This allowed some levels to be used for daytime that would be used to advance the story, letting the players talk to NPCs and explore the area, and others for the night levels that were predominantly action-based, even with some levels having both daytime and nighttime versions. This change better supported the thriller narrative as well. Other key gameplay ideas that came from this period were ideas for the Taken and how the players would fight them, how these enemies would appear, and the in-game signals the players would see and hear to prepare, and the use of lit safe havens between combat. Lake stated that because they kept as much as the, of the previous open world elements they had already built in this rework, this helped to give a sense of realness to the game world. 
Oskari Hakinen, the head of franchise development at Remedy during Alan Wake's development, said that retaining the open world map with features planned and rendered in the distance gave them a means to provide landmarks to give a sense of direction to the player, gave the ability to create foreshadowing in the narrative, and generally helped with the overall cohesion, cohesion of the game world. All right. The first screenshots depicted the character of Alan Wake in a much different attire, as well as a different layout for the town of Bright Falls compared to the release game, because that's usually how things work. Yeah. <laughs> According to Lake, the character of Alan Wake was also intended to be the opposite of Max Payne. While Max was a cop and thus suited to an action game, Remedy wanted Alan to be atypical of an action hero, making him a writer, partially influenced by King, that became involved in the events and forced into action. He's Near a writer. He is a writer. Near the end of the game's development, Alan's story started to become a metaphor for Remedy's work on the game itself, according to Lake. Alan's past work as a novelist was based on a fictional police detective, mirroring Remedy's Max Payne, but now struggled with writing something different, representing their troubles troubles in finding the vision for Alan Wake. Interesting. The game's enemies were designed by drawing concept art and pouring water over them to make them feel just a bit off. For the characters of Alan Wake himself, Remedy used concept photos as opposed to more traditional concept artwork. All the characters featured in Alan Wake were based on real-life models. Uh, this guy, Ilkavili, and Joanna Yavimpa. We'll go with that. I, that's yep. probably horribly butchered. <laughs> we tried. The models of Alan and Alice Wake, rep- res- respectively, are the only Finnish models in the game. All other models were American. Uh, after four years of having re- repeatedly demonstrated the Microsoft Windows version in 2009, Remedy confirmed to the point that at that point that the game was being developed exclusively for the 360 and the decision to make a PC version was in Microsoft's hands. Oh. The game was announced as done and undergoing final polishing in August of 2009, and then the game eventually went gold on April 7, 2010. It was released in May, and then they put out a PC version like two years later. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about influences and illusions. Okay, some of them I've already somewhat mentioned. Yes. Alan Wake was influenced by and often alludes to certain films, TV shows, and books, as well as paying homage to a number of artists and works. Remedy has explained the shared themes and ideas between the game and other existing works of popular culture as taking something familiar to people as an element and building something of your own and hopefully something that is unique in games, but still familiar from other forms of entertainment. Which they basically do name drop a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff from this. So I love the the FBI agent who's just constantly calling him all kinds of different authors. Like yeah. whoever he can just think of at the top of his head, that's who you are right now on Wake. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Best-selling author Stephen King was a major inspiration for Alan Wake. The main character as a writer whose work is coming true is a theme that has been explored by King in a number of his works. Wake's narration directly alludes to King on several occasions, including the game's opening line, in which he quotes a Stephen King essay. The game also pays homage to the film The Shining, based on King's novel of the same name, with a hedge maze area similar to the iconic maze in the film, among other references, as well as King's novel Christine, with one of the in-game cars resembling her. King himself was asked for permission to use this quote. He also received copies of the game as a thank you, but was unable to try them out because he does not own an Xbox. Which led us to make jokes about Stephen King being an Alan Wake speedrunner. Yes. <laughs> he just secretly is a speedrunner for Alan Wake, and that's the only game he has on his Xbox 360 that somehow it'd, still runs. It'd be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> or his PC. There you go. runs Vista. Could, could be either or. <laughs> could be either or, but he's a speedrunner for Alan Wake. Uh, in, a, in addition to King's work, Lake has cited the stories of Brett Easton Ellis and Neil Gaiman as influences, as well as Mark Z. Daniel Liskey's House of Leaves. In the game, there are a number of television sets that can be found around the town in different places. They can be switched on, and a short episode of the fictional series Night Springs will be played, which is influenced by the television series The Twilight Zone. 
of course. Yep. Alfred Hitchcock is also cited as an inspiration with the flocks of birds that often attack the protagonist being influenced by his classic horror film, The Birds. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Those birds suck. They did. Uh, the game setting Bray Falls draws much inspiration from the early 1990s television show Twin Peaks, which was set in the titular town, both fictional, or both fictional small towns in the state of Washington. To research the Pacific Northwest setting for the game, a Remedy team traveled to the area and drove about 2,000 miles between Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia, Canada over two weeks, bringing back over 6,000 photographs and videos of various natural settings and Americana of the small towns in the area. These included Astoria, Oregon, and North Bend, Washington, the latter where Twin Peaks was filmed, as well as locations used around Seattle for the film The Ring. What? Even after returning to Finland, the Remedy team contacted Microsoft based in Washington for help with additional photographs. Please give us more pictures. We need help. Please. Let's talk about episodic format. Okay. In its structure, the story of Alan Wake plays out similarly to a mystery television program where each episode brings another piece of the puzzle to the main ongoing story, yet has a distinctive plot of their own. As such, Alan Wake is organized into episodes, which include narrative and plot devices normally used in TV, such as cliffhangers at the end of episodes. A prominent borrowing from television is the previously on Alan Wake recap sequence that opens each episode and serves to refresh the player's memory and point to things that will become relevant shortly. A different song plays at the end of every episode, including certain TV shows that feature different music during each episode's closing credits. Imitating. Imitating, yes. Sorry, I can't read. <laughs> You're a writer, not a reader. Exactly. Uh, the main game is itself divided into six episodes with two special features as downloadable content. Together, Alan Wake and his DLCs constitute the first season of a bigger story. The main game is designed to have a satisfactory ending with the main character reaching his goal, while the DLCs form a two-part special that further expands on the game's story by continuing the fiction and serving as a bridge between seasons. While the game developers have expressed interest in following Alan Wake up with a season two, i.e. a sequel, that's how that works, yep. no plans have been announced about this yet. Ring. Remedy Entertainment chose the TV series storytelling format to establish a certain stylization and pacing. The developers felt that watching episodes of certain TV shows, such as the heavily serialized series Lost, remember that show? Whoa. <laughs> in the form of released box sets at the viewer's pace was a natural way of consuming media, and that this episodic format was a better fit for a long game. Remedy lauded Lost for its pacing as a thriller TV show. While Remedy had wanted to use the episodic release format with each of the above episodes released digitally over time, Microsoft instead pushed Remedy to release the main game as a full product on re retail disc. Bill Spencer, head of Xbox Game Studios, said in 2020 that at the time, Microsoft was concerned about if the episode, episode format would work in its, in its revenue potentials, projecting there would be declining sales with each successive episode, and instead believed a single release was likely more profitable. Spencer said that since they... Since then, they have recognized that this was likely a bad decision as it forced them into a certain way of thinking with respect to monetization. Huh. I think there is kind of something to that, though, because we've seen, you know, Life is Strange go from episodic now to a full-on everything's on the disc release. Yep. Um, the first Hitman was episodic, and then two and three were full-on disc releases. So, like, a lot of games that you've seen be episodic early series that deal with episodic formats kind of seem to eventually kind of peter off and go into a, hey, let's just put everything out at once format, which I don't know if that's just a thing within terms of monetization, like Phil Spencer said, or if it's kind of like a look at how people, you know, view media nowadays where it's like, we like to binge watch. We like to have everything given to us at once. Right. So developers are more focused on doing it like that instead of giving everything piecemeal. 
I think Life is Strange 2 would have been better suited for that because that game is phenomenal. And I know that a lot of people just like didn't pay attention to it because of the release format. Yeah. Which sucks because that game's so good. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about product placement? Yeah. Because there's there is product placement in this game originally. It is now all gone. All of it's gone. <laughs> all of it is gone. Uh, you could you could pick up Energizer batteries. <laughs> Verizon was the phone provider. Um, there is the whole like, can you hear me now? Part. Yes. <laughs> uh, there were Ford and Lincoln vehicles in the game that you could drive. Um, Microsoft brands were in there. You could find like a 360. Apparently in the game. But all that is gone from the remastered version, which makes sense. They're not going to go out and try and relicense stuff from like Ford and Energizer and Verizon. No, why would you do that? Especially since this is going out on multiple platforms now. So like they're not going to put the Microsoft stuff in there either. Nope. So I do think the one thing that they got back that was surprising was that I'm pretty sure like most of the soundtrack is in the remastered version. Yeah, intact. I was actually surprised by that. Yeah, I thought if there was going to be one thing that would be cut, it would be a lot of the soundtrack because, you know, that would be, again, another licensing nightmare. Mm -hmm. But they got pretty much everything back that I remember. So that's all in there. Um, This does mention that apparently that the licenses did expire at some point in like 2017. So Alan Wake was pulled from the various storefronts, which would have been the 360 and the PC. Uh, Remedy gave a, a large discount on the title before it was pulled and all that. And then, obviously, uh, it says Remedy with Microsoft Sales was able to resecure those licensing rights by October 2018, and then they could start selling the game on digital storefronts again. So I guess that, that probably was one of the things that kind of helped them mm-hmm. in order to get those songs back in for those remasters. That They already went out and did the work to get them relicensed for the original game. Right. So it probably wasn't that much of a stretch to be like, hey, can we do this again and you can like we'll extend the license and all that sort of stuff it would have been a huge bummer to not have space oddity in in the in the credits Mm -hmm. because that song is just so perfect for the ending of alan wake yeah it's so perfect it is a very good so it would have been a huge huge bummer but It's there. It's fine. It is indeed there. We we have a lime in the coconut still. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or if you want to listen to like the chopped and screwed version of lime in the coconut. Oh God, that version's terrifying. <laughs> God, that version scares me. I don't ever want to hear that. Uh, let's briefly talk about sales here for a quick second. Okay. Alan Wake was released the same week as Red Dead Redemption. Oh, wow. (laughs) And thus, initial sales were slow. NPD stated that sales for the first two weeks reached 145,000 units, while Red Dead Redemption had reached 1.5 million during the same period. (laughs) However, uh, on March 13, 2012, Remedy announced that the game had passed 2 million copies sold for the PC and Xbox 360. In May of 2013, they had said they had sold 3 million um, 
And then in March 2015, they had apparently sold over 4.5 million units. Also, according to a report in 2010, Alan Wake was the second most illegally copied Xbox 360 game with over 1.1 million downloads. Whoa. <laughs> Which apparently, if you play the pirated version of the game, you would just have a... The game would be the same, except Alan Wake would have an eye patch on. What? Because he's a pirate. Because oh. he pirated the game. <laughs> oh. Oh. I was like, what? <laughs> what? Um, and then they did put out a quasi-sequel in Alan Wake's American Nightmare, which was more of an action-focused game, had a little bit of story, but was not involved in this game. Or they did not, they did not remaster it for this, mm-hmm. so curious to see if they're kind of like going to retcon that or what um didn't you already say that like when they were talking about the remaster version that they said like they have no plans to do it that this is a complete package as it is yeah so i think that kind of tells you where they stand on it yeah um of course the, the reason that they're able to put this out on other platforms is that in 2019 they remedy acquired the rights to alan wake from microsoft And they got a one-time royalty payment of about two and a half million euros for game series past sales. There has been some Alan Wake stuff in other games. Like there was some stuff in Quantum Break. There was stuff in Control, which very blatantly referenced Alan Wake. And then there was the Alan Wake DLC for Control specifically. Mm -hmm. And they have said afterwards that like their next game is probably going to be in a Remedy universe that is shared by Alan Wake and Control. So... There is that. Interesting. And then they added like a, a a little Easter egg into this remaster that references Control as well. So whether or not I guess we get another Alan Wake game is going to be dependent on... How this does? How this remaster does, I would assume. And also just like, you know, what they want to do for their next game. Well, it's your first PS5 game. It is my first PS5 game for my console that I don't own. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. <laughs> I just have a copy, a PS5 copy of Alan Wake, you know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> whenever. You know. <sighs> Thanks, Target. Yep. <laughs> Shouts out to Target. Uh, and apparently they're making a TV show out of Alan Wake. What? Yeah. What? In September 2018, Remedy Entertainment and Contradiction Films announced plans to develop a live-action Alan Wake series with Peter Calloway as the showrunner and Remedy's Sam Lake as executive producer. Contradiction Films' Tomas Harlan had seen Alan Wake's potential as a television series in part that the game was constructed in episodic chapters and presented in a linear fashion and had spoken to Lake about it several times, and in 2018 began to start on a, a firm planning process which included bringing Calloway on board during the E3 2018. The show plans to use concepts from the scrapped Alan Wake 2 as well as building upon what the first game in American Nightmare provided. Harlan does not expect the series to be in lockstep with the game, and while Alan Wake would be the central character of the show, they would spend more time developing his companions from the game. Barry! The group planned to shop the show around to networks in October, and Lake affirmed the television show was still being developed during a December 2020 investors meeting. Scrapped Alan Wake 2. Hmm. How about we just Un, un, unscrap that and bring Alan Wake 2 back. <laughs> bring back Return. Bring it back. Bring sequel it back. was in development, but was canceled. However, the scrap sequel became the foundation and inspiration for Remedy's next title, Quantum Break. What? That's what it says. 
I didn't play Quantum Break, so I don't know. I don't think it means like they like they. It's an Alan Wake sequel. It's just like probably some like the gameplay was the foundation. Oh, I see. You know. So we're gonna kind of talk about the story of Alan Wake because you know it's an old game. Mm-hmm. We've played it before. Mm-hmm. We're mostly looking at the size of like does this game still hold up? Yep. Kind of dealio. Yep. I mean, this was Time Magazine's top video game of 2010. Wow. You know, I don't. It, I don't remember what else came out in 2010. So game. You know, the, everyone's favorite game games publication, Time. <laughs> <laughs> What was 2010 in video games? Let's take a look at 2010 in video games as we don't get sidetracked here in All video right. games. Video games. Video games. I mean, we already mentioned Red Dead Redemption. Right. That was a thing. Critically acclaimed titles from 2010. Super Mario Galaxy 2. That was a good game. Mass Effect 2. StarCraft 2. Rock Band 3. Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. God of War 3, Xenoblade Chronicles, <laughs> easy there, Super Street Fighter 4, Halo Reach, World of Warcraft, Cataclysm, uh, and then some other stuff. <laughs> so yeah, there were some video games that came out in 2010. Yakuza 3. Hey, I have that. You do have that. <laughs> You know, uh, yep, because that's a, that's what everyone expects. Mm-hmm. Al to own Yakuza Three, specifically on the PC. On the, yep, the PC version specifically. Green <laughs> Day Rock Band, of course, everyone's favorite. All right, Rock Band spinoff. Right. That I didn't rent and took the the code from the 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 box and ran away. <laughs> wow, you criminal! I mean, I did that a couple of times. Let's be real. Crime. I didn't steal it. I just took the code. I rented the game and then t- entered the code that was in it and it was like, all right, this is work, so I'm taking this. <laughs> Persona 3 Portable. <gasps> what a good game. That is a good game. You may have heard it's a good game. Good game. I like it quite a bit. Do you know? Hmm? Sure do. That's surprising. Believe Dead Rising not. 2. You can be a good dad. Yeah. Uh, the original version of Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> Welp. A Kingdom Hearts game came out. Which one? Recoded. Oh. <laughs> oh. Sonic the Hedgehog 4, Episode 1. Twenty ten was kind of a stacked year, huh? Games that came out. Fable three. Wow. The Connect came out. Oh wow. This is also the first uh Call of Duty Black Ops game. Oh. Nine nine nine. Love that game. You do love that game. God, what a year. A lot of stuff came out. And time said Alan Wake. I mean, Alan Wake is a good game. There are a yeah. lot of games on that list that I would put above Alan Wake, but Alan Wake is a good game. And that's something that, like, we have been repeatedly saying since we've been friends. Like, Alan Wake is a good game. Mm-hmm. 
But it's also a game we have not played probably since like 2010. <laughs> Correct. I have not played this since launch, basically. Yeah. So we've both been saying Alan Wake is a good game. And I was very, very worried when I got this remastered version. I was like, God, I hope this doesn't suck. I hope yeah, that same. this is still a good experience. And I'm not just super mad because they like do dumb decisions and say really awful things. And mm-hmm. I was really worried. But it turns out... It's fine! It's still a good game! It's still a very good game! <laughs> Who would have guessed? I'm, I'm actually very, very happy about that. Um, Same. Like, it still has some functionality quirks. Mm-hmm. But that story's still super good. Um, I still find it a little sketch that Alice is just in her underpants... Why? Who knows? Um, but I mean, are you gonna go diving into a pond or a lake without with pants on? Who would do such a thing? That's just criminal. She didn't do it willingly. <laughs> Did she like take off her pants as she was being stolen away to go under the water? <laughs> no, I gotta take off my pants off. Hang on. <laughs> Can't go in there with jeans. God. Um. So that part was a little weird, but um, otherwise, I, I I think that it was it was it was very good. Um, I'm glad that Barry is still fantastic. Barry is the real one. Barry is the real one because I was worried that Barry was not going to be the real one, and he's still the real one. Mm-hmm. And it was even funnier because now we played the Yakuza games, and he had a puffy jacket, and so the whole thing I was like, <laughs> oh man, he's going to go hang out with Daigo with his big puffy yep. jacket. <laughs> puffy jacket boys. Puffy Jagged Boys, but this time Barry's going to have Christmas lights on his. He's going to put Christmas lights on Daigo's. I hope so. Big Puffy Jacket. <laughs> How many times can Yakuza come up in an Alan Wake podcast? A lot, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it it actually is not... It has not aged poorly. I mean, I'm no. sure that they did some work with it on the remastered. Like, I'm sure they did. Yeah. They did. But, I mean, the story is still very, very good. Yeah, I think the only thing that really kind of, like, isn't necessarily as great is the gameplay. But I think going into it, both of us were kind of like, yeah, this gameplay is probably not going to be the best. Right. Because I think even back then, it really wasn't necessarily the best. Correct. It was functional to get you through the story. Yes. And it is still functional to get you through the story. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you uh you still have to work with the flashlight mechanics um or if you're me you just get scared and blow everything up you just yell no 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 <laughs> this is what happens when you have to listen to me play alan wake it's true they just show no 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 as i'm sitting there like blaring a flashlight at them <laughs> Or blowing them up. That was another thing you had here was me laughing maniacally yes. as I was exploding everything I could. Yes. <laughs> um, I think it still pulls off like a lot of like the atmospheric elements that the game, mm-hmm. you know, had originally. Like that still all works. It's still very suspenseful and just like makes you feel very tense as you're walking through like the forest and trying to figure out what's going on and it's super dark and you're just like, oh, sketchy. Yeah, and like sometimes the like 
spooky fog will just come rolling in. You're like, oh no, I'm either going the wrong direction or something is about to happen. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the only time that does that. Something's about to happen or you're going the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, the atmosphere is great. It is, it is very spooky still. Mm -hmm. Um, Like even as early as like being in that diner and going in that hallway, like it's, it's, Unsettling. Yeah. Oof. Oof. I, got, I got literal chills just now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like atmospherically, it, it, it's fantastic. Um, and even doing stuff like, again, this was in the original too, but like the whole like curveball at one point in the middle of the the story of like. Oh, you know, she actually died, and you—you just been like a big break. You're having a—you're having a moment. Mm -hmm. You've been my patient for a while. Like that whole curveball throws you off the first time that you play through it. You're like, oh, wait a minute, what? And then you realize, like, no, no, he's just f with you. What a butthole! What a butthole! Throw him in the river <laughs> or the lake, I guess. Yes. It's not a lake, it's an ocean. Yes, well, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it, like a lot of this is, you know, like it's predicated on like the television format. So like you have like your cliffhangers at the end of each individual episode and all that sort of stuff where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, and it's like, and that's the it. Yep. But all that stuff I think still works incredibly well. Like just the storytelling and everything and it builds to it just a huge crescendo near the end. And all that, and I think the if you take this as its whole, as a whole without the DLC, like it works by itself because you get a you get a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep. The DLC I think just adds more to this of like you know here's here's more of what's happening, and the the only thing that the DLC makes me mad about <laughs> is the fact that they very directly are like. Hey, we're setting up for a sequel. Yep. And, uh, and like, ah, uh, uh, gib. 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 Like, I know they made American Nightmare, but that's not necessarily the sequel I want. I never played it, and based on what I've read, I probably don't want to. Yeah. Um, Like, yeah, the whole thing with Mr. Scratch is kind of just, like, thrown at you, and you're like, all right, I guess. Shrug shoulders. And so I understand that like American Nightmare is trying to explain more of Mr. Scratch a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but from everything I've seen, it's like that's that's not the Alan Wake 2 I want. Right. So give me the actual Alan Wake 2. Please gib. 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 Um, I also just, I, I love, love, love that um, Cynthia Weaver, I think is her name, the old mm -hmm. lady with the, the lamp. Um, I love the idea that this lady is just wandering around wherever Alan Mike's going to go and just painting things mm -hmm. with this, this paint that nobody but like people who have been touched by darkness can see. And I'm like, man, what a real one. She's leaving like all these flares and junk everywhere. Like, 
How many flare guns does this lady have? For real. But a also, bunch. like, that one basement area where, like, she wrote a bunch of stuff is creepy as heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just basically, like, Tom written everywhere. And I think there's one where she's, like, cursing him. And then there's yep. another one. She says, like, CW plus TZ heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, oh, lady. Oof. You you okay? Yep. Please just give me the flares. <laughs> I don't need more editorializing here. <laughs> it's so creepy. But you know, she's she's had um what was it thirty years at this point? Forty years? I don't remember time. Time after time. Well, 70s to 80s, 80s to 90s, 90s to 2000, 2000, so 40 years. I think that's how math works. Mm -hmm. 40 years that she's been the light keeper and suffering. Thanks, Barbara. 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 <laughs> this is why we don't name people Barbara. Barbara. Bra bra bra, bra bra bra. Um, I'm still also trying to figure out why Zane wears like an old diving suit in the seventies. He just likes to look cool. He's, he's it's for the aesthetic. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, like it would make more sense to me if it were like an older scenario, but then they couldn't have Cynthia Weaver alive and like you know giving you flare guns. Mm -hmm. So. It's it's totally just gotta be the aesthetic. 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 But yeah, I mean, the whole mechanic of like picking up the manuscript pages and like learning what's going on is just really really good. Because especially you're learning what's going to happen. What's going to happen, and also like you're learning some stuff that like happened behind the scenes with some of the side characters, mm -hmm. like um. What's that dude's name? The military man. The military man. The the kidnapper. Oh yeah, the kidnapper. Yeah, the kidnapper. Like you learned some of the like stuff that he was trying to deal with. Um when he's like, Oh no, I have messed up. I have done terrible things. I wanted to have the power. Um, and then there was also like the like park ranger dude who is like potentially boning rose yeah it's like oh okay all right he's 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 not doing so hot anymore no which we both had a realization when we were playing the dlc we're like that one drunk guy in prison died mm -hmm. he straight up died in front of us and like nobody really mentions it it's not addressed that a man died in front of us. I mean, the park ranger gets mutilated in front of us, and that really doesn't get addressed. I mean, yeah, it got, like, a manuscript page. The other guy might have gotten a manuscript page, too, but um, they're like, oh, yeah, his leg is going the opposite direction, and the, the rib is going into his lung, and his doggo is in the cage, and I don't know what happened to the dog, but, like, yeah, that dude, he had a bad day. He had a very bad day. He had a very, very bad day. And then Barry got stuck on a loop while we were in that lodge at one point when I was 
I mean, I think that was before that, but <laughs> that was funny. It was really funny. <laughs> like, are you okay there, Barry? You all right? You doing okay? All right. He's yelling at me while he walks into the counter, and then me, he and then the counter. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps just shifting. It's like, yep, So he's trying to figure out a way to get past me, just can't do it. So he just keeps walking in place. So funny, but yeah, that that dude totally just got mutilated. Mm-hmm. And then the one guy's dead. Um. I also still very, very, very much like the the farm area. Where you've got like the big concert stage mm-hmm. and like the, the little farmhouse with all the the music stuff. I enjoyed that a lot. I liked it back in the day and I liked it still. Yeah, that bird's good. I was like, I get to explode things, sort of. <laughs> Of course, that's why you like it. <laughs> Barry's like, yeah. And, you know, when, when Barry's happy, we're all happy. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man. Max agrees. I'm glad Max agrees. He cares about Barry's happiness. He should. It's true. But yeah, I mean, like, that ending still... Is very very good. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned earlier, like their use of space oddity is just genius. There, it's perfect. Yeah, for like what Alan's having to go through. Like, no, he's not in space, but the whole feeling of it is very very similar. Very similar, because he's a writer. Did you know he's a writer? Do you know he's a writer? Alan Wake's uh, a writer. Maybe he'll tell us if he's a writer or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though. I had a good yeah. time. I had a very good time. I'm glad the game holds up. At mm-hmm. least, like, the story is, like, story holds up. Gameplay is... Eh. Okay. It's fine. It's workable. It's a, it's a 2010 action game. Yep. It still spooked me several times. I do think one of the good things that the game does, like the gameplay does, is that every gun you have is like a gun you have to reload manually, mm-hmm. which I think adds to the tension of all the fighting counters. Because if you were just like loading in clips, like all of that tension would just go away because every reloading sequence would just be meaningless. Yep. But here it's like, you know, you have to like, you know, make sure you have bullets in your guns when you're shooting. And if you run out, you're like, oh, crap, 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 crap. And you can do, like, with a revolver, you can do, like, one bullet at a time and shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, but, like... It's it, going to take time because you're going to, like, shoot, put a put a bullet in. Shoot, put a bullet in. Yep. It's going to take more time and instead of if you just sit there and reload real quick. So you have to, like, consider, like, what's the most efficient use of my time here to do yeah. one bullet and then, like, get a t- chance to breathe? Or is it better to just, like, try and load them all and go at it again? Yeah. Like, oof. Oof. That is a very, very, you're right. That is a good mechanic. Um, it led to many moments where I was very scared. Yeah. Which I think is like, is obviously is the intent there. But like, like I said, if you had just guns that had, you know, clips and for automatic weapons and stuff like that, like none of that would be, 
remotely possible. It would, everything would just be kind of meaningless. Like you need to have weapons like this in order to really ratchet up that tension of like, oh man, there's three dudes on me, but I'm out of ammo. I need to reload real quick. How do I get out of this? Do I, you know, just like you said, shoot one at a time and try and do it that way? Or do I try and back off and reload real quick and then get back in the fight? Or what do I do? Or you use my normal method when I was really, really stressed and that was happening. No, 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 no. Well, yes, that too. But pulling out a flare and dropping it at my feet. Yeah. Because then they're like, But even then, that's going to only give you a brief little bit of reprieve because like that just backs them up. It just backs them up. But it's enough that it can usually get you a reload. True. Or they'll just start throwing at you. Yeah, sometimes they do that. So you're still not out of the woods quite yet in that case, but, but it, it does w- give you like a brief second to kind of breathe. But, you know, if you don't have flares in that instance or like, you know, you don't have like other thing to kind of help you out there, like it, it can just get real tense real quick. Then you just yell, no, 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 yes. no, no. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. That's what you do. Or you die to um, a a crane on a heavy machinery thing. I forgot what those are called. Crane um, heavy machinery thing on the bridge. The the the. Why are you watching my arm? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the name of it by like doing the claw, and he's like up and down, up and down, up and down. It's like, ooh, what is this? Um, the the thing on the bridge that that was trying to bonk me that's like it picks up logs and moves them the log grabber yeah um i died to that thing like 10 times i was so annoyed <laughs> i'm stupid and there wasn't a checkpoint anywhere near that so i kept having to redo the whole dang thing <laughs> i think i died more to objects than anything else in that game <laughs> Objects are your worst nightmare. There's like, what if we just bonk? And it's like, no, do not bonk. Like, yes, we will bonk. Bonk, 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 bonk. And then I die. It's ridiculous. It'd be like that sometimes. It it do be like that sometimes, yes. It it do be. (laughs) Do be. Oh man. This was this is fun. It was. It does make me sad though that there's no Alan Wake 2. Maybe we'll get it eventually. Maybe it'll eventually happen. I hope that this is going to do well enough that they will be like, hmm, what if Alan Wake 2? I hope so too. And we actually get return. We return to Alan Wake. Because they, they obviously still care about Alan Wake because they did this remaster version. They put it in control. like They bought the rights from Microsoft specifically. Right. Like they obviously care about Alan Wake still. Mm-hmm. I just want an Alan Wake too. Yes. We gotta, gotta get him out of there. Get him out of being or surrounded by the dark presence. Just chilling with Zane all the time. Mm-hmm. His only friend is a weirdo in a diving suit. Yep, everything else is just in his head. Yep. <laughs> Imagine that. You just got like this glowing diving suit guy by and you're like, hey, what up? 
Weird. Hey, what's up? Hey. Hey. You you doing okay there mentally? <laughs> no. You all right, Alan Wake? No. You right you right are you just patting him on the head while he types? Like a pretentious butthole with his typewriter. Amazing. Yeah. Tom Zane has his own pet Alan Wake at the moment. <laughs> I will say as well that like if you're on the fence about this, because like it is a remaster and everything, like it is cheap. It is cheap. Ish. It's like thirty bucks, I think, for this remaster, which is it's a good price. And you get a good game from the previous or like the two previous generations ago. Mm-hmm. You got yours for free. I did, but I also paid for a the version one I played. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a bonus copy for free. <laughs> bonus copy for free. I mean, I technically got mine for free. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, it's a good game. It's definitely worth playing, mm-hmm. and it's definitely worth the like thirty bucks. Yes, one hundred percent agree. I enjoyed my time with it. Yes. 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 All right. Well, 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 wrap up this episode. Okay. So there you go. Alan Wake, he's a writer. He's a writer. Mm-hmm. And his tweed, tweed jacket. Yes. I love that they mock him for his tweed jacket. Someone's making noises back there. That would be Sir Maxwell. Of course it is. He's eating dots. You gotta get his chomp on. Mm-hmm. Well, since that's gonna do it for this episode, if you would like more from us, head on over to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool, where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared Now Watch. And also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. And you can watch her play games on Twitch at twitch.tv slash M-E-Y-D-A-L-E-N-N-A. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. You can buy our books, One Shiny Moment of Critical Analysis of Love, Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. Hey, we're writers. And, hey, we are also writers. We're like <laughs> Alan Wake. We're like Alan Wake. We're writers. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a wealth of bonus content as well. Yay. Next week, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. But we'll talk about something. Yeah. And it'll be something. Yay. Yay.